1: I'm Dana Lake, and I bring you a wide variety of really good information all about you and your health. Now, the show is accessible through iTunes. You go on iTunes and type in Essentials of Healthy Living, and you can get the podcasts. You can stream them. You can listen to them. Uh, I think you'll find we have many subjects to cover. And I want to remind you that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. I also want to remind you that they have a sale going on for Sinus Survival Sale. It's a Sinus Survival Sale, and that's about the products on Sinus Survival. And it's 30% off all bundles and 25% off sinus survival products. So this is through March 14th. So take advantage of it now. And this is the season that we want to do that for many reasons. So our subject today is a good subject. And we have talked about this before, but I don't think we can cover it enough. And that's GI pathogens, an age-old dilemma. Is it the germ or the host? And we have Reed Davis as our guest, who's going to answer the question and educate us. He's a holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist, an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. He is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. Welcome to the show, Reed.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me here, Dana. Happy to help any way I can.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the basics. Uh, Many of our listeners might be familiar with the topic, but also there are those that this topic might be new to. So can we start with the basics, Reed?
2: Sure. And actually, Dana, I love how you introduced it, that the question has always been, you know, is it the bug or is it the host? And I'm a big uh, proponent of, being really, really healthy so that we can be resistant to most of these GI pathogens. So the basics are that uh, we're designed pretty well. We have good immune systems if we're healthy. And you could eat some germs, let's say, and they go down into the stomach. And most of them probably killed by the hydrochloric acid. there, a good, strong stomach acid. But a number will go into the small intestines and below, uh, still alive and with a chance to thrive. And if you're unhealthy, if you don't have good uh, probiotics and uh, just the ecology there isn't very good, well, you know, they can take up residence. Kind of like if you have a bad neighborhood and and the bums want to move in, they will move in and set up shop, right?
1: Right. So, and
2: I know you're familiar with that, that analogy. Um, the, those are the basics. Um, you know, I can go into a lot of detail about the types of bugs and how they overcome and then. You know what happens to your immune system and things, but uh, you know we we eat a lot of germs, and if we don 't have good, healthy immune systems, they can take up resonance and and actually cause some pretty serious damage at some point
1: Yes, I look at all of this as a community and and as you said when when the bad guys move in, the community pays a price and i I use the the metaphor of. <laughs> Petty thieves uh, that are annoying but not necessarily pathogens and referring to the pathogens as the serial killers. And we don't really want any of those in our community, especially in our gut. So uh, let's continue Uh this conversation about the gut microbiome.
2: Yeah, I love how you put that, the petty thieves. So some of these germs initially – Might just be what we call the the bad flora versus the good flora. You need this um, balance, and in your especially in the small intestine, the good flora is there, and these are bacteria too, but they're just not harmful. Matter of fact, they're very friendly, and they help you digest your food. So people with uh, might be eating really good food, and they're not assimilating it properly because they don't have the right balance of good to bad flora, if you'll allow me to use those terms. And these are like the petty thieves, as you said, that robbing you of your ability to break down and uh, assimilate food properly. And so then, what happens is the environment continues to break down it's it's uh just like the bad neighborhood we were talking about, the uh petty thieves move in first well pretty soon you've got um others entrenched in there that the as your immune system weakens and it does when you have this um, dysbiosis we call it uh well, then the bigger and more harmful bugs, parasites, worse bacteria uh some of it pretty virulent. And it can; those can produce toxins, and they can just really change the whole ecology. And I know you're very familiar with that.
1: Yes, and it's particularly a problem uh, in Western cultures. They're not very cultured, pun intended. Uh, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it's a real problem when we compare Western culture individuals with natural cultures who continue to eat naturally. And we're fortunate that we still have many of those communities around because they are the goal. And my understanding is that we have about 25% of the species that we should have in our guts. And that was shocking to me. And I know it leads to autoimmunity, immune problems, maldigestion, et cetera. So let's go into what people can uh, expect to experience when their gut is not healthy. What kind of symptoms and diagnoses?
2: Well, sure. And again, I like how you put things too, in terms of the uh, culture. You want a real good, strong culture and uh I guess one of the buzzwords for today is diversity. You want a very diverse microbiome. That's all the bacteria that are supposed to be getting along pretty well in the gut. And when you get lack of diversity, you do get some of these symptoms. Uh, well, some of the first, again, because you're not breaking down and absorbing food properly, your food will start to ferment. Or it will desiccate. It will uh, go rancid if it's fat. Fe- And that's going to cause gas and organic acids to appear. So you have this gassy, acidic type of situation. You know, the gut itself is supposed to be pretty alkaline. And you get acidic, you get gas, you get heartburn, you get bloating, you get indigestion. It could lead to uh, loose uh, stools, uh, diarrhea even. But in some people, it can have the opposite effect. You can get constipated. And so you're not moving your bowels properly, you know, one way or another. And these are just some of the most common. Uh, from there, it can get worse as you get into the permeability of the gut and then uh, systemic inflammatory conditions and so on.
1: Well, I know the leaky gut has become actually uh, a terminology that's now in some of the scientific literature, thanks to Alessio Fasano, who's an exp- He's a world expert in celiac, and he talks about the leaky gut. I compare it to a screen that has holes in it and flies come in the room and do you spend your time bapping flies with a fly swatter or do you heal fix the screen and i think that's a perfect metaphor for understanding the importance we need we need nutrients to be able to come f- through the gut to the bloodstream And therefore, there is permeability that's important, but excess permeability becomes a problem. Uh, Can you talk to us about how a person could test for food sensitivities in order to figure out what's going on in their gut?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of different ways to test for food sensitivities. I'd like to back up, Dana, just for a second and say that that permeability you talked about is critical. You, your gut is perfectly designed to allow food to come through. It diffuses through the villi, the little tiny fingers. There's a proper way for that to happen. Again, you've got the bacterial breakdown. You've got enzymes in there breaking food, the good stuff into tiny, tiny little particles. And it can diffuse through the villi properly and go into the bloodstream, as you said. Now, uh, there's spaces between those uh, cells on the villi that open up when you have a challenged situation, so the more dysbiotic, you know, starts off with too much bad flora versus good flora, then bigger bugs move in. Then the whole ecology changes. Now your immune system will kick in. It thinks there's enemies. Uh, it's Uh It looks at food and goes, well, that's okay, but what about all this other stuff? And it will loosen up the the spaces between the cells called tight junctures. Now you've got unwanted particles, immune complexes and things coming through into the bloodstream and you get this inflammatory condition. So, you, and I love how you said, do you fix the screen or you swat the flies? Well, obviously we want to fix the screen and that now you've got some challenges because number one, it takes time to heal. You probably would introduce some agents that would help heal but the the number one and two things would be uh, let's swat a few flies. So, so you might take something, and there's very good natural products, botanical products that would swat some of the flies. They would knock down some of the, the bad bugs. But you also want to repair. So that's where two things have to be in place. One is nurturing of good function of those areas and elimination of the foods that your body now – is having a hard time discerning between, well, what's bad, what's bugs, and what's food. So food starts, some food, there's just the way the immune system works, it just gets uh, desensitized a bit, if you will, and then it looks at some foods as being uh, also bad, you know, and it's going to react to those. So we test, and there's a couple, there's many ways to test uh, blood, and you can even look at saliva, you can look at urine. Um, And, you know, I prefer a a blood test. I I like the mediator release test. It's for 170 different foods. But if you uh, don't live where that's convenient or if it's expensive for you, you can test for – there's another test for 96 foods through a finger stick. You can literally just uh, poke your finger. They give you a little device to do that, and you drip blood out onto a blotter. And then you send that in, and they tell you what foods you're reactive to.
1: Well, that those I, I, I want you to cover more of this in detail because I think this okay. is a real critical piece and and we need to focus on it. And, folks, if you've just tuned in with us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We will be right back after this brief break with more interesting information from Reed Davis.
0: when it comes to taking a multivitamin the pure encapsulations one multivitamin makes it one and done this convenient formula provides vitamins minerals and other essential nutrients in a comprehensive vegetarian multivitamin for both men and women in a once daily dose it includes L5 MTHF the universally metabolized form of folate and an antioxidant complex with sustained release CoQ10 to enhance immunity and support energy metabolism the one multivitamin available at Village Green Apothecary
5: these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
3: Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosur from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosur supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosur is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosur. Remember Cognosur for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary.
0: I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions, guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists, Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, and I'm your host for the hour. And this is a reminder that Village Green is your resource for questions about your health via the website and, of course, the store on Cedar Lane. And another reminder that we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You can tune in next week for more information on healthy living. Now, our conversation today is is one that's very important, I think. I think we don't cover it enough. And we're talking about GI pathogens, an age-old dilemma. Is it the germ or the host? And we've been speaking with Reed Davis, a holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist, who is an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. And he's answering the question for us and giving us a lot of information. So, Reed, we were talking about the kinds of tests people can do to find out about sensitivities And can you break down the difference between sensitivities, intolerances, allergies, etc.? Because that's confusing to people.
2: Well, that's a great uh, setup for the answer, which usually does start with allergies. So there's uh, chemicals in your body, let's say uh, elements that help protect you from uh, the environment and things in it, uh, but they overreact. And one of the... uh, ones we're most familiar with would be a true allergy. These are tested through an immunoglobulin called IgE. IgE is very important and it responds very quickly to an environment that you're quote-unquote allergic to. So for instance, if uh, you're allergic to dogs, you would get uh, watery eyes, you might sneeze, you might start to itch around your face or even other parts of your body. These are immediate reactions. They also happen from certain foods. People generally, they know if they're allergic to something because when they eat it, they get a bad reaction right away, whatever that might be. The target of that reaction in the immune system could be the lungs and your breathing, again, the sneezing, the mucous membranes, uh, things like that, itchy skin and what have you. But most people come into us uh, for testing or uh, investigation into the underlying causes of their problems, they've already been checked for IgE because there's allergists and specialists that are very good at doing that in the modern medical world. So they're big on allergies. The food sensitivities is not so widely known, and there's different types of sensitivities. As you said, there's oral intolerances, whereas when you eat something, you just might not be able to break it down very well. You don't have the enzymes. There's something missing, and it's just to be avoided because of the gas or uh, bloating or something that happens to you when you eat it. Uh, That's an oral intolerance. Most common probably is milk, you know, lactose intolerance. So this is not your immune system responding. This is just you can't break it down and and absorb it. Your your body just doesn't produce the enzymes. And this can be acquired over a period of time. So, and again, if if that was the case with a client, they would already know it. Well, I don't drink milk because it makes me feel funny. Something that, so that's an oral intolerance. Now, others, where we want to go is they're very insidious because they're not IgE-mediated. They don't produce immediate symptoms of not being able to uh, break it down. Uh, the symptoms can actually occur days later, like two to three days after you eat a food. So these sensitivities would be measured more in IgG, IgA, IgM. There's different ways to that the immune system will respond and it can respond slowly insidiously so you can't put it together that you ate uh oranges or strawberries or even beef or it it it's so individualized it's really interesting and that's why we test and so the, again the symptoms occurring 2 days 3 days down the road and you just you just don't associate it with the food and by the way because of that the the problems you have the symptoms and and the complex of things going on with you could be just uh, a chronic you just it's been going on for years and it's looking backwards at all the people we've run the food sensitivity tests on it's just been miraculous in some cases so looking backwards the testing that we do uh, our general first-line screening is called a mediator release test and it's just for 170 different foods now it's a it requires a blood draw and it goes into the lab overnight And you get the results in a few days and they tell you, oh, look, you're very reactive to me. And it might be five foods, 10 foods, or it could be 25 foods. And I've seen it be 60 foods in some people. And even that number of sensitivities can indicate, you know, what shape you're in. Obviously, if you have 60 sensitivities, you're, you're a very sensitive person. You, You just react badly. So, so that tells us something about you. And then again, the individual specific foods, it tells you what to avoid for about three months until things can, let's just say quiet down. Your body can repair, it can heal, it wants to be healthy. Every cell uh, knows what its job is if you just remove the interferences. So we've got to get these foods out of the system. And that would help you heal the leaky gut or, um, you know, dysfunction that's caused by those pathogens. So it could, It could start with the pathogens, and you you think you're just going to swat the flies and heal the gut, and it's not going to be so easy if you're eating foods you're sensitive to.
1: Right. It's like, you know, shooting yourself in the foot and then showing up at the ER wondering why uh, people Mm -hmm. really need to pay attention to it. And um, I think you emphasized how this can be chronic. So people might have chronic fatigue, Mm -hmm. chronic headaches. Uh, They never seem to feel that good, and even when they start cleaning up the diet, it may not show, if they haven't done a test, they may not have any idea what foods they're consuming that are being problematic, and what, you know, what's going wrong with the gut, because a leaky gut lets uh, more of these residues of of. Nutrients and non-nutrients from foods that cross through that screen, the gut, and trigger these immune responses. And it's hard; it's very hard on the system. And uh, that's why I know in in my practice we look at autoimmunity a lot when we see signs of a leaky gut, which is exactly what you described with the foods and the hidden, delayed kinds of reactions. This is hard for people to understand. Uh, so talk about what the difference is between IgG reactions, IgA and IgM.
2: Oh, sure. Well, the the IgA, IgM is a little harder to test for, of course, uh, pretty sophisticated testing equipment. And uh, it's so much easier to do an IgG test. And Again, looking backwards at cases where we used to test, got people off those foods, we've just seen almost miracle-like occurrences. Uh, people who had migraine headaches, maybe three to five times a week. I had one client who was uh, basically couldn't work. She was in a dark room with a pillow over her head most of the time, and we ran a food sensitivity She couldn't afford much in lab work. We just ran a food sensitivity test got her off certain foods and she within a week said, you know, Rita, I'm just so happy to have normal headaches. Just She was just having the occasional quote unquote normal headache and could take some aspirin and have it go away. Well, for me, that's not good enough. We wanted to dig deeper and have that go away too, but at least she was off for uh, migraines and things. And so with other people, I've had kids, where it was their lungs, you know, I had I coached football for 15 years, youth football, and um, had numerous kids who didn't want to show up for practice because they were having asthma attacks, but they wanted to play on Saturday. I said, no, you can't play on Saturday if you don't practice. So, you know, we ran some tests, got kids off certain foods. And then they the, the target for one person is the migraines. For another person, it's the lungs and, and asthma-like symptoms and things like that. It could be the gut, irritable bowel. And, you know, you mentioned a lot of different uh, problems people could have chronically. And food sensitivities were a major trigger. So whether it's IGT, uh, there's other c- combined antibody tests um, that are a little more tricky. The IGT is just really easy because, again, you can order a finger stick test. And, uh, you, that way you can do it on your kids. You know, you can sort of hold them down and poke their finger and get enough blood out of, a, uh, their finger. They don't need to go get a, a big blood draw. But for adults, I do prefer, uh, that mediator release test and the blood draw, uh, because you can check, when you get enough blood, you can check for a lot of different foods. And the other thing you could do, of course, Dana, you know, this is get off the, the, um, get off the most common sort of, Sensitive type foods, and those would be corn, soy, dairy, wheat, eggs. Then you could go into the nightshades and things like that. We had a client once who's uh, was was diagnosed with lupus. Now lupus is a very advanced, serious autoimmune condition, and they you need uh, medical supervision. So we're not saying you know don't go to your doctor. You you want to have someone uh, monitoring the case from a medical point of view because these things could get very serious, but. We ended up doing a food sensitivity test, found that she was very sensitive to nightshades and she was having this really serious autoimmune condition and she had started growing tomatoes in her backyard about two years ago. So she just, that was the, it was nightshades. It was just the very, very, uh, you know, uh, they just antagonized every system in the body pretty much for some people. And to the point where she had gone downhill, 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 more and more dysfunction. And that's how those things work.
1: Yes, so, it, um, it, it is. Again. And thank <clears throat> you for mentioning the nightshades because that uh, that is so significant in inflammatory conditions. And I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so it, what we need to do is continue the conversation in the third and fourth segments. And I would like you to give some more examples of the common foods that seem to cause most of the problems. So if you've just tuned in with us, folks, you're with the essentials of healthy living. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break.
5: Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Do
3: you have unique needs that a mass-market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. planet
0: Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. This is a reminder that we're here every Sunday morning. Please tune in at 10 AM next week for more information on healthy living. Now, today we're speaking with Reed Davis, a holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist he's an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine and we've been talking about reactions to foods and that's kind of a umbrella term and we broke it down into the allergies that are histamine releasing that are pretty obvious the hidden and delayed ones and the intolerances uh, because you don't make an enzyme that's needed so there are so many ways to react to foods and reed has gone over that um what reed let's talk about holistic health and we've been talking about foods identifying them through the functional tests avoiding them uh so that changes the diet uh then what else do you recommend for individuals with regard to their health
2: well uh again a holistic lifestyle is really important. It's not just what foods you eat, but it's a great place to start. So typically a client will have, uh, you know, complaints and we, looking backwards, the food sensitivity testing has been so critical in so many cases, but looking forwards, you can't really predict who it's going to help the most but we do it in it we screen we just call it a screen that's why i like the food sensitivity test that the test for a lot of different foods so we screen for that uh we and we we think we're probably going to identify some of the contributors to chaos you know we call it metabolic chaos so foods are a big contributor to metabolic chaos we get you off those foods and what's very interesting Dana, i know you'll understand this is then the person starts to say, wow, things really matter. These little things, like I was eating, you know, carrots and potato. I thought they were good, but they weren't. And they become more aware of themselves and more aware of their environment. And they start doing some of those other things you just asked about. One would be personal care products. Well, gee, maybe those are contributing to a little bit of metabolic chaos, too. So people go through their cabinets, and they pull out all the ones with the parabens and different chemicals. You want to buy the most natural, organic-type products that you can. And it's perfectly fine to put whatever you want on your body, as long as it isn't going through the skin and contributing to chaos, just like food. So your body and some bodies are more sensitive than others. Now, another area, of course, is your household cleaning products. Gosh, are some of these just really toxic and, and terrible, and you don't really, if you read the ingredients understood what those things really are, then you'd want to get a more natural product in, the, in that line of uh, things too. Things like um, new furniture, new draperies, even kids' clothing, it's covered in uh, fire retardants. And stuff. So, so you start, you know, you might have some complaints. You start really, well, foods were contributing to it. What else is contributing to it? So we start with the diet and another big area that comes up for me is sleep like like rest you know people are staying up late watching tv they're getting up early to go to work they're hectic uh, they never really truly rest their bodies well enough so diet's important rest is important obviously you know it goes without saying that exercise is critical you can't be healthy if you're not moving your body you should get vigorous exercise to so the best of your ability, uh, if you're 90, you're not going to exercise the same uh, way someone 30 does, but you need to move your body to detoxify, to uh, make blood flow, make lymph flow, and, and, and clean things out. It's just really critical. They say that sitting is the new smoking. You know, it's, it's yes. if you only sit, never move. It's as bad as smoking for your health. You're, you're going to die sooner. You're going to lose quality of life and things like that. So right. diet, rest, exercise are critical. I have two more little quick things: stress reduction or stress management, is, and so is supplementation. I truly believe it. I don't have my own line of supplements or anything like that, but I know a lot about them, and I recommend supplements a lot. So diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplements, and that spells DRESS. D R E S S: Dress for Health, Dress for Health Success.
1: Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> And and the supplements, um the word supplement means supplement to diet. It doesn't replace diet. We probably don't even know but, you know, two percent or five percent of all the nutrients there are. So we're always in the learning mm-hmm. stages and uh supplementing sensibly, uh I use a lot of sophisticated tests to show function. And you talk mm-hmm. about function. And I think we should focus a little bit on that word and what's different about functional nutrition, functional medicine.
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So you're absolutely right. Supplements are critical. The reason is food just doesn't have the nutrients in it that it used to have. Now, I grew up in Canada in the north, and both my grandfathers grew their own food. So I grew up going out in the garden, in the field, pulling up vegetables and uh, we had fruit trees and things like, and we would rinse them off in rainwater and eat them. They were full of the vitamins and minerals and all the things that you need for good nutrition and health. And I thank goodness for that. Uh, But today you go to the grocery store and you're getting nutrient depleted food. It just doesn't. So when you say supplement, that's exactly what you do. You're substituting for what's not in the food. You need vitamins. You need minerals. You need essential fatty acids, amino acids, antioxidants. And these things are just sort of uh, depleted, as you say. Now, on top of that, supplements can be used to support function. So let's say you're uh, fatigued and you you know, we talk about adrenal dysfunction. You can get supplements designed to support Your adrenal glands, your thyroid, your other glands and organs and functions in the body. Digestion is a huge one. You can get digestive support. And you can get um, all the other things to support a good immune system, like probiotics and that. So uh, supplements can substitute for what's missing in food. They can support. And they can also stimulate. Like, you know, nowadays, especially nowadays, I think you need to stimulate your immune system not just support it, but actually kick it into high gear. If you get on a plane, you should be taking your zinc and your echinacea and these kind of things uh, because people are going to be on there with, you know, snotty noses and sneezing and coughing and that. And, hey, it's creepy, now, especially with this uh, new situation we have. uh, And I think so that the stimulation, the support, and the substitution with missing food are critical, and that's why I recommend supplements. And last but not least, there's another S in supplements. It's self-treatment because there are very potent botanicals that have been used for centuries or even millennia that can help you knock down some of those bad bugs we talked about.
1: Yeah, the botanicals are are quite diverse and uh, they're very important. And it's important, I'm just reminding our listeners, that you consult with somebody who has a breadth of information. In other words, somebody that understands the botanicals, um, understands nutrients, uh, understands probiotics. And uh, by by doing that, you're more likely to achieve success. I call it looking at Mm -hmm. all the legs on the table. If we've got a gigantic Mm -hmm. table and it's got 18 Mm -hmm. legs and we want to make sure they're even, we have to look at all of them. And too many people just do limited testing so they don't know what they don't know. And they may not be well, and they may think that the treatment they're receiving or the foods that they're not eating aren't doing the job. It's just not enough. And I think it's tough for some people to hang in there when they're not getting enough improvement. I I always emphasize that you continue the recommendations as long as they're not causing problems, whether or not you are responding quickly, because it can take time, like interest in the bank. You don't call mm-hmm. the next day and see how much interest you earned. Uh, you've got to give it some time. And people are used to meds, take a pain uh, medication, your pain goes away. It's pretty immediate. And that's what they want, but that's not what they're getting when we do the holistic approach. Uh, expand upon that, if you would, Reed.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, sure. So um, what came to mind is the fact that uh, when you mentioned drugs and modern medicine, well, that's fantastic when you need it. You know, if you get off a plane from Wuhan, China, and your temperature is 105, you're not going to call your nutritionist, you're going to call your doctor, or going to see the doctor, and that's good thing to do. But then what? Let's say you're out of the woods, whatever that medical uh, problem might be. You do need the diet, the rest, the exercise, the stress reduction, the supplementation. And when it comes to that stress reduction, that's a huge area. We talked about foods. They cause stress on the body. We talked about GI pathogens. They cause stress on the body. We briefly mentioned the environment and, um, you know, like your household, uh, things that are in your house, it could be you could be chemically sensitive to personal care products, things like that, and also the there's mental emotional stress can be very very um, devastating and it can cause just as much uh, problems for you physically inside like with every cell tissue organ and system, and so the the physician you know you, you we look at those things that's what a holistic lifestyle medicine holistic health practitioner does. If you want to know about the essentials for healthy living, look at all the essentials. Doctors don't generally care much about the variables. They take on all commerce, and if you go in there and it's just the runny nose, or it could be worse, but they're going to give you a pill pretty much without much concern for anything else about you. That's their job, and that's okay. I'm not putting that down, but that's where we pick up. As holistic uh, providers and care people, we do care about the variables. There's a big difference between a, an 80-year-old and a, and a 20-year-old. There's a big difference between males and females, you know, especially when it comes to children. Then there's all the other things. What kind of environment do you have? Genetics are important, but the the epigenetics, in other words, your lifestyle around you, that's even more important. And so we do care about how do you eat and What's your diet look like and um you know, what can we remove from the diet? And your your sleep cycles. It's absolutely just so critical to get a good night sleep.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: For all kinds of reasons we don't have to
1: thank you for saying that. I I call sleep a nutrient and we're going to carry this conversation forward into the final segment. Folks, you if you're Mm -hmm just tuned in with us you're with the essentials of healthy living i'm dana lake i'm your host for the hour and we're talking with reed davis a holistic health practitioner and our subject is gi pathogens an age-old dilemma is it the germ or the host and i think you all have gotten most of the answer to that question but we'll continue the conversation in the next segment stay with us we'll be right back
0: Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. Probalardi from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green apothecary.
4: Quality can't always be seen. Honest labeling, trusted sourcing, unwavering standards. At Pure Encapsulations, we are committed to wellness without compromise, delivering high-quality hypoallergenic products for nearly three decades. Our products are free from gluten, trans fats, peanuts, GMOs, magnesium stearate, and artificial ingredients. Pure Encapsulations is the leading brand in the healthcare practitioner market, ranking highest in ingredients purity, quality testing, and trust. Pure Encapsulations products available at Village Green Apothecary and myvillagegreen.com.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake. I'm your host for the hour. And I try to bring you a wide variety of really good information all about your health. And that's what we've been doing today. We've been talking with Reed Davis, who is a holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist. He's an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. He is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. He's an educator, a clinician and he has broad experience all over the world. So we've been talking about pathogens, and we asked that question. It's an age-old dilemma. Is it the germ or the host? So, Reed, could you bring us uh, round, back around to where we started and yeah. what that answer is?
2: Well, <laughs> thank you for that, and I hope that listeners get the point or the idea that it is the host for the most part. At least we can be really well prepared or better prepared if we live a holistic lifestyle and uh, for some of these um, things that that are coming down the pike. Now some are truly virulent and really no matter how uh, quote unquote healthy you are, they could kick your butt, um, but they won't kill you if you're not, If you're really, really healthy, even this uh, coronavirus, the Ebola was a big one a few years ago, and there's been SARS and MERS and and all these different things. Really healthy people aren't as badly affected. It really only um, kills, uh, pardon me for that, but um, the, the people who are already compromised, and usually they are much older and infirm in some way. So it's the host and And a lot of things we talked about um all the food allergies and um other things you can do i think I think the formula for success is the eating properly, eliminating foods you're sensitive to. There's other things I can do a whole show on on diet and how to figure out what the right diet for each person is, but it you definitely can um the the rest the exercise, the stress reduction, and then the supplementation so um I think. That we've covered a lot of ground there. You probably have some good analogies yourself, and um, you know I'm not sure wh- where what direction you want to take it in for the rest of the show.
1: Well, I, I, I think I, we've
2: laid our evidence.
1: Yeah, you have given us a lot of information, and um, I was looking at information uh, this morning on the flu, and I I saw mm-hmm. a, a title, you know why is the cold weather, the common setting for the flu. And it it was interesting, the answer. And this is one that I had been talking about, that in cold weather, you're not getting exposed to sun. So you are not going to make enough vitamin D. Uh, And Mm -hmm. that is a factor. And there are some studies that show the, the difference of what vitamin D levels can be in the cold weather versus the warm weather, and that um, the viruses tend to thrive in cold weather. And that was something new to me. Now, the other aspect, when you talk about the host, a person can show up at a party and have the flu, cold, any kind of thing that's contagious, and some people will not get it. Other people will get it, it will be so mild, and then other people get severe symptoms, and those symptoms stay for a long time, and the difference there is the host, and I don't think that's talked about as much. I will say, with the onset of this novel coronavirus, uh, immunity is a very big deal, and trying to keep... uh, Keep your hands clean. Use so, uh, soap and water. Um, so important, and it is important. And it's it's sort of instilling those good habits that we were taught as children. Good habits, you know, wash your hands mm-hmm. before you eat. Uh, more people are are paying attention to that right now. Uh, I don't know that the coronavirus will you know me will be like the flu virus, it may not be one that thrives in cold climates but not necessarily warm climates. we don 't know that yet, uh, but I thought it was interesting to look at why the flu is so prevalent, and also we 're indoors in the cold weather, and that that is very drying you 've got the heat on. And the viruses do well with the dryness, the dryness and the coldness. So uh, I I thought that was very interesting to step back and take a look at. Uh, You were talking about self-treatment, the botanicals. I think they are really, really critical. And you talked about the testing uh, and function. Uh, I'd like you to Mm -hmm. cover a little bit more about how functional medicine differs from what we call allopathic medicine. And you mentioned, you know, the doctor will usually recommend some kind of a medicine for whatever uh, you're presenting with. And what are we doing in functional medicine that's different?
2: That's a really great question. And it's a bit obscure right now. I mean, I know and I've been teaching the principles of functional medicine long before it was called functional medicine. So, you know, physicians generally respond to market forces and initially, you know, medicine was just how I've, I've got this symptom or that symptom. How, doctor, can you make it go away? So doctors got really good along with the pharmaceutical companies and making symptoms go away because that's what the market was demanding. People weren't so much into the lifestyle and things that it, it takes to be really healthy. They were just working all the time. And uh, we could talk about, about work ethic, how that changed. There's, there's all kinds of discussions around it. But doctors were following that market of just make my pain go away, my symptoms, something about the way I look or feel I don't like. And, uh, you know, and it created a huge uh, industry for the pharmaceutical companies, but nowadays, and it's, it's probably been the last 25 to, to 30 years, um, and even more now, it just keeps growing. The idea that people do want to live healthy life, they're willing to go to the gym. When I was a kid, there were no gyms. Now there's a gym on every corner and there was no yoga studios there was none of of the things there was was no organic food versus regular food and these kind of things so nowadays people want to know they just are inquiring minds They, they they're willing to learn they're willing to change their behavior and it's the quality of life is much more important than just working having kids and having two cars in the driveway so you know they're um they're willing to do things so functional medicine developed out of that people willing to do something. Doctor, teach me what I need to do to get the results that I'm looking for instead of just giving me a pill. So 20 years ago when I started, it was uh, alternative medicine. And a lot of it was considered quackery at the time, although we knew we were onto something. Then it became complementary medicine because more doctors started adopting some of these principles. Then it was integrative medicine. Now you've really got uh, different types of Uh, practitioners working together you would have an acupuncturist and a lifestyle coach and you'd have a a doctor working together now we've got health coaches and it's called functional medicine so we're looking for what's really wrong instead of just treating the paper so and i'm glad you mentioned the testing because i wanted to before we run out of time talk we don't just do food sensitivity tests we check for hormone imbalances we and and that's another good example of You can run a hormone test and go, oh, look, your estrogen's uh, low. Here's some estrogen. Or your testosterone's low. Here's some testosterone. Or your cortisol to DHA is out of balance. You're way too cortisol dominant. Your body's breaking down. You're in a catabolic state. Well, you can treat the paper or you can treat the person and, and teach them what they need to do to reverse the dysfunctions that cause those numbers to appear on the paper. So, again, we don't believe in treating the paper in in functional medicine uh, or functional health coaching. And uh, everyone can adopt this as their philosophy that it's like, well, whatever those numbers are, it's my fault. I did it. It's how I've lived. It's how I ate. It's the lack of sleep. It's the lack of exercise. It's all the different stressors, whether it be mental, emotional, physical, uh, you know, trauma and pain, you know, injuries. Or it could be the chemical and biochemical stressors. So that's what caused you to have those test results. So to just give a, an agent to introduce a drug or even certain supplements just to change the numbers artificially just doesn't make sense in the functional health world. And so that's the basic difference is you know, what can the person do, empower people? And it starts from the way you think and get up in the morning to is this going to be a great day <laughs> you have a good attitude? That's very helpful and 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 all then sort of filtered down from there to the diet rest exercise, other types of stress, and taking a handful of supplements a couple of times a day
1: well this is, you've <laughs> you've really brought us uh, around to what we started with a question I think you've answered that very well, and I'm thinking of the blue zones uh, where centigenarians mm-hmm. Uh, ident- uh, Dr. Butner identified these communities that have many people that are a hundred years old or older. They get up every day. They have a purpose. They they farm. They're busy. They don't go to a gym because they're busy working out throughout the day in their farming. They cook, and some of their recipes can go back five hundred years. And that's yep. what they looked at they also have beyond a purpose they also are faith based and it doesn't matter the faith it's uh, it brings people together and if i found this absolutely fascinating and it's a big movement right now and this is what you're talking about uh, as a holistic health coach person. Okay. You are trying to coach your, your clients into eating well. And, and, and most important is the lifestyle, what people are exposed to. So I know there are other communities that are trying to adopt uh, this whole picture of the blue zones. And I think it's very exciting work. And I want to thank you for being on the show. We got lots of good information, Reed, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back again because I'm sure you have much more to share.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I'd love to come back at your earliest convenience and talk to the folks.
1: Okay. And I want to thank you also, listeners, for being with us on The Essentials of Healthy Living. And reminding you that we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Carl Rogers said, you are to be what you're now becoming. And I'm adding, may you love, love what you do and do what you love and make sure your efforts have a positive influence on people and the planet. So please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take, it's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake in Village Green, wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Did you
3: know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthy your lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.